CCP's cyber propaganda army launched all-out attack to silence the criticizing voice, and this show is also impacted. NBC reported a record low viewership on Beijing Winter Olympics. The party claimed honor after Yilan Gu won the gold medal. Xi Jinping sent off big bonus to countries that came to Koto to PR China. Are all Chinese American athletes like Yilan Gu? See Nathan Chang and the Vincent Cho story. And <clears throat> former National Security Council uh, advisor, advisor Stephen. Yachts, <coughs> I have to apologize, okay, share his uh, observation. Blue states dropped a vax, uh, max, max mandate one after another. What happened? Welcome to Wei and Kathy show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Yeah, I have to apologize for my coughing a little bit. And uh, actually, the first piece of news is uh, I want to bring to you is something that you, that you may have experienced, which is uh, yesterday. Uh, the day before our show, you know, it was no. surprising to some of our viewers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were saying, uh, I got some feedback saying, what happened uh, to the comments section? And they saw some comments they really never seen at before, but uh, we and I are not really surprised. Mm -hmm. So we're going to explain that. So what happened? So, uh, Wall Street Journal reported that Chinese um, China's propaganda army flooded the Twitter's uh, genocide games to drown out Olympics criticism. And researchers believe that the CCG, Chinese uh, Communist government, the social media propaganda army has been flooding Twitter to manipulate the genocide games hashtag relating to the Winter Olympics. So pretty much they just flooded there. Okay. Yeah, so what's the purpose, right? So this hashtag, Genocide Games, has been used by human rights advocates and Western lawmakers to raise awareness about this uh, human rights abuse in Xinjiang province uh, of China. Uh, so the Wall Street Journal reports that uh, researchers believe that the um, pro-Chinese Communist government accounts are attempting to manipulate the genocide game hashtag on Twitter to confuse those who use the hashtag and uh, make it harder for activists to effectively utilize it. Yeah, to professor at uh, Clemson University's media forensic hub, uh, Darren Linville and uh, Patrick Warren. They know that in late October 2021, which is last year, pro-CCG, basically CCG, CCP, same thing, okay? Pro-CCP accounts began to post a spam-like content under the hashtag. The tactic is known as the hashtag flooding, okay? Its primary goal is to dilute the effectiveness of a popular hashtag so that the Twitter users looking for the term see unrelated content mixed in with actual announcements and information. The researchers believe that uh, this is an effort to make it harder for activists to mobilize around the hashtag. In the past, Twitter has done little to stop China's uh, social media propaganda war. Well, yeah, we shared with you before, right? Like, for example, it's um, foreign minister's uh, account was like never censored. Mm -hmm. But in the meanwhile, you know, domestically, we have our top, like the, the president's account being, being uh, suspended, things like that. But, uh, you know, now, you know, in this Winter Olympics, I think people are witnessing all the all different kinds of tactics that Chinese Communist government is using to censor people's uh, um, uh, like uh, uh, the censor people, but in the meanwhile, how they just uh, manipulate and exploit the open and uh, freedom of speech in the United States to work for its own purpose. So um, after the uh, our show. Last uh, the, the day before on Monday, I got some feedback from our viewers saying like, "So surprised why uh, there were so many like uh, kind of uh, comments they never seen before." And uh, soon they realize our viewers, you know, are sl smart. <coughs> realize that those some of them are actually uh, probably uh, pro CCP um, people. But I explained to them those are you know most likely the. In CCP's internet police, usually Chinese people call them 50 cents. 
uh, please. Why is that? Because uh, they used to get paid for 50 cents uh, for, each, for post. each posting. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's probably one dollar or something. They, they have to ch keep changing their name. <coughs> right. But, uh, you know, we can see how uh, the CCP's uh, tactics, they just play in front of our eyes, right? Because, uh, and, but on the other hand, uh, one of our viewers just told me, it means you are doing the right thing, you are doing a good job. I think his uh, comment is really accurate. And also it uh, shows that uh, the uh, reactions from the United States and the Western world against uh, about uh, of this, um, uh, they call it genocide game, is also correct. That's why the CCP just, uh, you know, used uh, its police, internet police, to flood the social media and the internet, including shows like the Wayne Cathy show. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so we, we see, uh, we probably have a, a good number of uh, 50 cents people here. Hello. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> well, you know, you, you are able to um, just uh, exploit the, the freedom of speech and yeah. the open system in the United States, but uh, really, you know, it's a chance for you learn to something. learn something. We hope you can learn something, right? Yeah. Not just only trying to do the job uh, that's paid by the CCP. Yeah, so for those of our, our loyal um, viewers, please, uh, you know, say hi, say, say something, you know, say something to them and ask them to learn something. Don't waste their chance of coming through the firewall to the free world. All right, the next piece of news has to do with NBC's, okay, NBC's uh, rating of the Winter Olympics. So back then, uh, a few weeks ago, um, NBC's uh, Mike uh, Tarico began Friday's, last week, okay, not a few weeks ago, Friday's Winter Olympics opening ceremony. And uh, by saying just over six months ago in Tokyo, we said we were about to embark on an Olympics unlike any other. Now we're about to top that. All right. So in, in the case of the ratings, though, topping that has meant producing record lows. So, so far, uh, the Sunday night, we don't have the data for Monday and the Tuesday. The Sunday night window um, actually ranks as the most watched of the Winter Olympics thus far. Sunday's primetime coverage of the Beijing Olympic, uh, Winter Olympics averaged a 6.0 rating and uh, 11 million viewers on NBC alone and uh, 14 million across NBC's various platforms. You may ask, is, is that too much or too little? Okay, it, was, it, it is down 52%. Uh, on rating, 51% on the viewers on NBC alone, and 47% on across NBC's various platform. Okay, so big drop. This is compared to um, the <coughs> the Pingchang Pingchang Winter Olympics for you. <coughs> four years ago. Okay, and the Friday's opening ceremony attracted uh, 14 million viewers on NBC, which is a 50% in viewership drop from 2018, when NBC only aired the taped uh, prime the coverage. And at that time, the viewers are 28 million, so precisely 50% off. So what's the reason? NBC put it this way, they, they think it's not a surprise because the strained relationship uh, between the United States and China due to economic and the human rights issues and uh, another Olympics held during the COVID-19 pandemic and the lack of a buzz coming into the games has been significant factors. So I just want to ask you, do you watch the game? If you don't watch the game, then we know the why. And then, and why do you, why, if you don't watch the game, why, why so? So if you can share your point of view there in the comment section, we can have our little survey there. All right. Okay. Another example of how many TV rating has uh, cratered is the uh, Oscars. This is uh, for NBC. Okay. The, the Oscar award show averaged 44 million viewers in 2014 dropped to 24 million four years later and averaged to only 11 million last year. So, so basically, basically um, some have uh, criticized NBC for broadcasting from Beijing. Okay, the whole city was not set in 2014 when NBC reached a 7.7 .7 billion deal with the IOC, okay, International Olympic Committee for the rebroadcasting right through 2032. So commentators said NBC probably lose heavily there. It's like a nightmare. Okay, Yahoo Sports uh, columnist uh, Dan um, Wessel reported that uh, all this is, has been a nightmare because they pay so much. They pay almost like a 78, um, $7.8 billion. 
All right, and to rebroadcast Olympics. So heavy loss has been incurred. So and also NBC was also um, um, re revealed that it is refused to broadcast the Florida Republican um, congressman Mike Wolz's advertisement, and uh, the commercial criticized CCP for um, infringing on the human rights, violating the human rights, and um, the congressman tweeted last Saturday. Uh, saying that uh, they refuse to run my commercial, Olympic commercial. In it, there's NBC um, Boston Celtics uh, Center, okay? Anna's Cater Freedom. Uh, but we will not be muted by them. This is NBC and uh, CCP who doesn't, doesn't want you to see. Um, this is what, uh, you know, they don't want you to see. And in that tweet, they have the video there. So also, okay, the Mike uh, Tarico, NBC's uh, host, uh, for Winter Olympics, um, leave Beijing uh, ahead of time, okay? And then the commentator said he probably was forced to, because on the Monday, Monday night, after Monday, Monday night program, uh, because he, he was not supposed to return so early, but in his, uh, um, in his rebroadcasting, he criticized the Chinese government, so probably Beijing is not happy, so he has to leave early, but we never know what's the final result there. Okay, so that's the NBC rating. Mm, yeah, so does that surprise you? <laughs> let us know. Yeah, yeah let it, us know. And actually, NBC really praised uh, Elaine Gu uh, when she was making the jumps and uh, took, got the highest score and the first gold medal for PRC in the women's uh, snow uh, women's ski event, event at the Winter Olympics in Beijing, uh, which is the PRC's uh, second gold medal in the ski event in the history of the country. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, we have been talking about her and, uh, re and uh, we just uh, noticed, if you probably noticed in a lot of media, it's talking about uh, Elaine Gu as well. So uh, she actually had a press conference after she uh, won the first uh, gold medal in, you know, her career. Um, I mean, the Olympic gold medal, right? So uh, let's just uh, hear a little bit of what she said in this press conference to understand a little bit more about her thinking. So let's play the first clip. I definitely feel as though I am just as American as I am Chinese. I'm American when I'm in the US and I'm Chinese when I'm in China. And I've been very outspoken about my gratitude to both the US and China for making me the person who I am. Um, I don't feel as though I'm, you know, taking advantage of one or the other because both have actually been incredibly supportive of me and continue to be supportive of me. All right, so uh, she's probably, you know, her citizenship actually really caught a lot of attention uh, by the media. So she's probably responding to such kind of questions. So again, she just say, I'm America, uh, American when I'm in the U.S. and I'm a Chinese when I am in China. So, and then she just said she didn't feel like she's taken advantage uh, over one another. But uh, is that true in terms of uh, Chinese Communist Party's viewpoint? We'll, you know, we'll share with you just shortly to see, you know, really she feels she's not taking advantage or she's not being used, but uh, how the Chinese government uh, think it's totally different thing. Uh, let's uh, play the second clip. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to keep anyone happy. I'm an 18-year-old girl out here living my best life. Like, I'm having a great time. You know, it doesn't really matter if other people are happy or not because I feel as though I am doing my best. So, yeah, if people don't believe me and if people don't like me, then that's their loss. They're never going to win the Olympics. Yeah, so how do you feel when you listen to what she just said? I think, you know, on the, if, it's, if it's in a really normal situation, say she's in United States or other free country, I don't think her speech, you know, has anything can be picked on, right? Mm -hmm. You know, she's a free person, she just uh, do whatever she feels like and don't have to really uh, care about other people. But if you think about the large, the, the back, uh, background of where this game is being hosted, it's in China, um, PRC, which is, uh, you know, has just um, really gruesome human rights record, which is already being 
largely criticized, right? She won't be, you know, she cannot say she no, don't know about that, mm -hmm. right? But she's saying, I, does, I don't care if others don't feel happy about it. You know, think about people in the Uyghur, you know, in Xinjiang province, people who are underground churches, uh, people who are um, just only wanted to practice the meditation to be healthy, the Falun Gong practitioners, you know, uh, they probably are not, you know, those people probably are not, um, not happy with her, but, you know, they are being persecuted. And, uh, and she just seems don't, yeah, doesn't okay. care about it. So, so let, let me just add my point of view here. Okay, so um, Elaine Gu, to position herself really just as a young athlete. She said, it doesn't matter which country, which citizenship. Let me tell you the, the answer, okay, she has U.S. citizenship. But having a U.S. citizenship, she does not have Chinese citizenship. It's not allowed by the Chinese, well, PRC's law. So, which means, essentially, Chinese government hire a, um, basically, or get an American to win their gold medal. Which is not a big problem, except that the Chinese government said, no, he has, she has been naturalized. She's a Chinese. And uh, Yilin Gu went along with that. She did not refute that. She did not uh, clarify that. She just went along until she cannot. So people now is just uh, running in front of her face and ask which passport do you hold, and she's saying that uh, it really doesn't matter. You know, you know the answer. It's a, it's a U.S. passport. All right. So basically, the more honor he, she got, the more ad advantage uh, the party will take a, will, will take you know, of her. So that's the party's way because party used Elan Gu to prove that the CCP's regime is great, it's uh, powerful, it's popular, it's. Uh, yeah, basically. It's legitimate. Yeah, it's legitimate. So he, in, in another word, he's basically just like, if we just roll the history back by 90 years, it's just like endorsing Hitler's um, Berlin Olympics. So history will see how wrong she is. And she's having a happy time, you know, and uh, without, uh, you know, without minding anything about lying or uh, allow the lie around her that uh, to populate. But that's her problem. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I think lying is really one thing. And the other thing, we'll share with you, you know, how uh, the Chinese communist government is uh, uh, manipulating the situation. And um, so, and, and indeed, one, you know, some netizens uh, in China just wrote, a wrote some message saying, you know, Gu will, be, you will regret down the road when she grows grow up. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll see. And then let's... Um, uh, let's play the third uh, clip. She actually was asked about Peng Shuai, you know, the uh, female uh, tennis player. So she addressed that. Um, I'm really grateful that she's, yeah, happy and healthy and, um, and out here and doing, doing her thing again. Okay, so she, she, before that, she just said, oh, she's so honored that Peng Shuai watched her, her um, playing, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, her game. And then she said, uh, grateful that Peng Shuai is happy and healthy out there doing her thing again. Yeah. First, so, okay, first is uh, she's not happy. Most likely she's not happy, she's not healthy. And exactly, she's not doing her thing. She has to quit tennis. Well, she should say, <laughs> happy and healthy and not doing her thing again. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, but what she, Peng Shuai is doing her thing is like sitting there being a poster girl mm -hmm. so that uh, the propaganda media can take the picture saying she's enjoying um, the game. Yeah. So this young girl turned herself into a component in the giant propaganda machine of the Chinese Communist Party. And the history will remember her this way. Yeah, but, you know, but some people say, no, 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 she's just really talented. Nobody's saying she's not talented, right? She got the gold medal, you know, she probably really deserved that. Uh, but some people say, no, she's just, uh, you know, being a very great athlete and the uh, Chinese Communist government not uh, utilizing her. And, and we have been constantly hearing that the Chinese Communist government saying, you know, no politicizing the sports, no politicizing the Olympics. They even criticize uh, the United States and the other countries who um, diplomatically, diplomatically boycotted, mm -hmm. right? So, however, see what happened right after the Lingu got her gold medal. The State General Administration of Sports of the PRC immediately issued a congratulatory letter praising Gu 
for her outstanding performance and uh, adding another gold medal to PRC's tally. And also, you know, it's, uh, there are several paragraphs. It's in Chinese, but I, was gonna ex I will explain to you the red-lined um, phrases. It says, um, the hope being that Gu and the other team members will strive for greater glory for the party and the people and make greater contributions to the realization of the dream of a strong sporting nation. Yeah. That's so, the point of the letter. Yeah. So the US and the Canada and the UK, you shall not politicize in Olymp Olympics except us. We have all the right, we have all the opportunity, we will not miss any chance to politicize this, um, you know, this Olympics to get the most out of it. Okay, so some may say, okay, well, the, it's the general administration of the sports of the government, you know, they are probably entitled or it's, a, it's a normal for them to send such letter. But listen to that. Other um, ministries uh, of the government also sent letters. The CCP's Beijing Municipal Committee and the Municipal Government also sent congratulatory messages, praising Gu for winning the honor for the country and saying that the achievement would inspire the people of Beijing to strive to write the Beijing chapter of the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. Okay, and um, neither of those uh, congratulatory letters or messages mentioned the background of this 18-year-old uh, athlete who was born and raised entirely in the United States and uh, received her first class uh, ski training and uh, entire training here in the United States. And holding a U.S. passport, you know, folks, in, by Chinese law, no dual citizenship is allowed. Okay. And she probably is privileged to have the dual citizenship, which um, most of the, uh, actually basically most, you know, all the Chinese people cannot enjoy. Yeah. So that's the law, of course, right? That, that's called a citizenship law. But uh, in China, like uh, in, the, in, in, in People's Congress, this is like our, our Congress here over there, you know, most of the, how to say, elite uh, people who are celebrities, they, they, they got to pick it as the people's representatives. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, most of them has foreign citizenship. By Chinese law, they shall not have Chinese citizenship. So it's a bunch of foreigners. It's holding meeting every, every February in Beijing and they try to rule China. This has been a joke, but it's been a very truthful joke. Right. So if you still don't believe that, uh, you know, she is really utilized by the party, let's hear, continue um, to hear. She got an exclusive interview with CCP's Central Discipline Inspection Commission. And the CCP's Ministry of Transportation reported on her grandmother as well. So wait, what is this Central Discipline Inspection Commission? It's one of the three uh, party apparatus, okay? It's completely the party institution, okay? It's nothing to do with the media. It's not a media, it's not a reporting agency. It's the top, okay, the top, um, apparatus of the party that, uh, you know, find, supposedly, okay, find the corruption and discipline them. And this so what, what has the, does this, that this to do with the... Interviewed Ilan Gu. Yeah. And the publisher report. And they interviewed her actually prior to the so, event yeah. on um, February 4th. And then right after she got the gold medal, they posted. And uh, you, you just saw that at the website, right, saying yeah. it's an exclusive interview. So every agency, every apparatus, take every opportunity to profitize on Yilin Gu's gold medal. This is China's way of you, no, no, no politicizing Olympics with boycotting, but we got to do that. Yeah, and uh, why the Ministry of Transportation also uh, published uh, interviews, uh, a story, because her maternal grandmother uh, was an engineer at, and it, it was told, it was said that a higher up engineer at the ministry. Mm -hmm. So her family background in China really, you know, is uh, raised some more questions. So, but, you know, really, uh, you know, Ilingu, I think a lot of people, um, I think actually she, you know, should be sympathized because there are probably a lot of um, pressure really uh, under, uh, on her, right? 
But I, I, I don't quite feel so, as you see her, how she showed up at that press conference. Well, you know, in the Soviet Union, right, back, back, back then you remember the term called useful fool, useful fool. So who taking in um, communist propaganda, and they are also influential, they use that influence to extend the propaganda, the message of the Communist Party. And uh, those are the useful fool. And for people who really believe in that, uh, you know, the propaganda's lie, they are the most dangerous, actually, to the party. Mm -hmm. Because when, when they, when they wake up, they become the most dangerous because they could betray the party. So when they finish their usefulness, the party would eliminate them. Okay, this, we got way too familiar with this. And Ilan Gu is just, um, I guess, a candidate. Yeah. For that is for full. Uh -huh. Why I think he, she probably also under uh, tremendous pressure because just look at the Beverly Jew, right? The girl who's not so fortunate, uh, who's also born and raised in the United States. We shared with you her story, but uh, she went back with her father, um, who is a member of a, ten, uh, a thousand talent plan. So when Beverly Jew failed uh, on the skating, Track. Ring track. She was just, uh, you know, she was blamed by all those netizens in yeah. China. Devastated. Devastated. So, Yiling Gu, you know, she was lucky. She, you know, lost her one uh, ski at uh, one of the competition, but, uh, you know, finally she made it. But, the, you know, the winning the medal is just so important for the Chinese Communist government. So, one day, if Yiling Gu, you know, just uh, had the same performance as uh, Beverly Zhu. What do you think her, yeah. you know, her, her treatment would be, right? Yeah. So because um, for Chinese Communist government, uh, the medal counts as a sign of a national strength. It really is the, the glory for the party. So if you taint the glory of the party, what's going to be your punishment? So um, early on, actually yesterday, I had an interview with uh, Steve Yates, who is uh, the senior fellow and the China Policy Initiative Chair for the America First Policy Institute in Washington, D.C. And uh, he actually had a, a very uh, interesting viewpoint on this in regards to race, the con Chinese Communist government's um, racist strategy. So I want to share with you that. But before that, I wanted to just uh, further introduce you, um, introduce uh, Steve Yates a little bit so that you know uh, this guest. Steve uh, Yates is from um, Florida, and uh, she he is now serving the senior fellow and the chair of the China Policy Initiative at the America First Policy Institute. But he actually is a veteran, um, you know, uh, vendor, veteran commentator and a very experienced uh, China policy um, expert. He used to be, uh, actually he served as uh, president of Radio Free Asia before and a professor in the practice of international business and the policies at the Boys State University. He actually also served as the White House deputy assistant uh, previously, and also the chairman of the Idaho Republic Party. So here I just asked Steve about how he views the issue of the Ilingu and the Beverly Zhu, those uh, American-born raised athletes being recruited to represent uh, PRC. And Steve has to speak Chinese, right? Uh, he speaks Chinese flu yeah. very fluent, yeah. but obviously this interview is conducted right. in English. Yeah, China expert. Well, it's really interesting. I can't think of similar events that happened in the past. Perhaps they have, and I'm just not thinking of them. Uh, but to me, it really highlights one of the sensitive issues, but very important issues that we are, in fact, going to address head on in our China policy initiative. And it's the racialist and racist approach that the Communist Party takes in trying to shape public debate, but also to manipulate people. Uh, the, right now, uh, you have the government of China run by the Communist Party and using United Front operations around the world where they engage people of what they would call Chinese ethnicity, but they put pressure on them or give them inducements to make their loyalty first to a race 
uh, and that race is subordinate to the Communist Party's government. Uh, and they put that loyalty, uh, supposedly, ahead of God or their faith and ahead of the country in which they might have citizenship. Uh, one of the things that's inherently different about the American experiment from Communist Party-run China is that in America, we have a government and a society organized around some principles and ideas. We may be imperfect in what we do, and we may be imperfect in some of our outcomes, but we do, we do very, very well for the most part, far better than China does on most things these days, I would say. But what we don't do is say that if you're of a certain ethnicity, that you owe our, your allegiance to a political party in the United States or the government of the United States because of somehow your ethnicity uh, if you if you live in another country and so this is something that is very very unusual that we're seeing now these athletes could have done it just because of an opportunity maybe they didn't qualify in the united states they wanted to be able to go to the games they saw this as another avenue but make no mistake this is the government of china playing race games with sports uh, now i have a colleague at the america for America First Policy Institute, who's going to be featured at an event we have on Thursday. Uh, who He is Jack Brewer. He's a former NFL great. Uh, he has been to China a dozen times, has experience coming and going uh, with experiences of how, as a, as a black person, he was treated differently in China than some of his white colleagues were. Uh, but there also is this sensitivity about how big brands and big uh, public figures in the United States criticize the United States on race issues, but then turn a blind eye to the CCP using race uh, in, in a way that marginalizes to the point of genocide, the treatment of Uyghur Muslims, uh, tries to use loyalty to a motherland and a race as a justification to crush political freedom in Hong Kong or impose its will on Taiwan. But it goes even more than that. They, they engage in combat in Canada and Australia and the UK and other places over political issues that really are more about race in the words they use. But what they're doing is engaging in militant politics. And so I think it's important that we recognize this and highlight this and help people defend against it. You pointed out the Chinese Communist government is really using the uh, race issue. And uh, on the other hand, they actually exploit uh, the social divide in the United States because of the race issue. That's right. They, they know what the hot buttons are. And I don't blame them for trying to use these strategies. I blame our side for not seeing through them and pushing back effectively. Uh, I expect more of our leaders whether they're leaders in culture and entertainment or leaders in business and finance or leaders in government and politics. Uh, when we had representatives of the People's Republic of China engage our Secretary of State and National Security Advisor in Anchorage, Alaska last year, early in the Biden administration, they came equipped with criticisms that were straight from the Black Lives Matter protests and Antifa protests, trying to denigrate the United States and the American experience as a way of deflecting away from systemic racism and systemic human rights abuses inside China. And so they're playing hardball on using race as a sword and a shield. And our leaders were very flat-footed in response. Now, there could be a lot of personal and political reasons for that, but the net result was it was bad for the United States. Yeah, so how do you think, you know, Americans, including those political leaders, should see through this and uh, deal with that? Well, one thing that whether it's through our China policy initiative at AFPI or generally among like-minded friends and collaborators, we have to help our popular culture understand that the, the People's Republic of China is not equal to China, that uh, the People's Republic of China came into power by way of a revolution based on a failed European ideology, by the way, and it represents essentially a hundred years out of thousands of years of history. And so they, they have no right to claim consistency with 
or an inheritance of the culture and accomplishments that came before them because they literally engaged in a revolution against all of that and and broke with the past the, the second i think it's very important for people to see through this use of race as a as a shield because the people's republic of china is a is a government it's not an ethnicity the Communist Party of China is a political party that has hijacked a country and a government, but it is not an ethnicity. And criticizing the actions of the Communist Party of China or even the government of China is not has nothing to do with race or ethnicity. It has to do with the offensive behavior or failures of that government and that party. In some cases, as with the outbreak of COVID-19, literally killed millions of people and disrupted ordinary life for the most of the world and took trillions of dollars out of the global economy. We have every right and a responsibility to criticize the Communist Party for its responsibility in that. And that has nothing to do with race or ethnicity. And uh, so it's very, very important that we find a way to break through and connect with people in our popular culture so they understand that we can't allow genocide to go forward. We can't allow a bioweapon equivalent to go out into the world and just let someone say, you have to accept it and deal with the consequences because if you object, well, then you're racist. That is a very crass form of manipulation that has to be called out and broken through. All right. So that's uh, Steve Yates. Uh, uh, chair of China Policy Initiative at the uh, American America uh, First. Mm -hmm. Yeah, policy what do you think? institute. Yeah, how do you think? Yeah, well said. Well said. Clear. Yeah, clearly said and well said. I think uh, um, uh, Stephen yes tried to get our popular culture to understand that. Yeah, and, it's very and, important. And people like him that are the messenger. So when when they talk, I think and when they speak, I, I think we should really pay pay close attention because that's something that we're not so familiar with. Um, yeah, CCP, they have no value, they have no principle, whatever, just uh, convenient for the party's use, they, they, will, they will do it. So by themselves, they are the biggest racist um, in this world, but they can come to this country and uh, pick and pick apart the, the racial problem and criticize uh, this country. And they, are able, they dare to do that, okay? That's just their way. They have no shame and they have no value. They are very, very flexible, explore the vulner vulnerability in the enemy in their eyes. All right. Yeah. So you know, uh, we talked about been talking about uh, um, people like uh, Elaine Gu, Beverly, uh, Zhu. You know, but uh, actually, uh, there are different Chinese American athletes. So we also wanted to share with you a couple of them. Um, one of them is uh, they are all in the Team USA today, right? So one of them is a uh, Nathan Chang. Nathan Chang. He's a figure skater. Is a three-time world champion and uh, 2018 Olympic bronze medalist in the uh, team event, and he won a lot of uh, you know championship. It's also a six-time U.S. national champion. So Nathan Chang uh, on Tuesday, February 8th, broke world record in the short curves, and uh, so. Uh, he just performed so wonderfully, and uh, his coach said that the moment uh, brought tears to his eyes. And uh, Nathan Chen, known as, known as the king of the four-week jump and the winner of the uh, 2018, 19, and 21 World Championship. He was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, the youngest child in his family with two brothers and two sisters. And not only he accomplished on the ice, he also being enrolled in a full-time student at Yale University as a statistic major since the fall of 2018. So and another one, uh, Vincent Zhou, actually um, that uh, we, in the interview of uh, General David Stilwell, uh, the day before, he mentioned his name, if you remember. He's also a figure skater, Team USA, was born here in San Francisco, in San Jose, California. And his hometown is Palo Alto. Uh, but he's, all his, his parents, both of uh, Vincent and Nathan's parents, are from mainland China. Mm. So 
Vincent is a 2020 Olympic Games team event silver medalist in the 2019 World Bronze Medalist, 2019 Four Continents Bronze Medalist, and so on and so forth. Got a lot of medals. He's a three-time U.S. National Silver Medalist. And at this Winter Olympics in Beijing, he ranked third in the men's free skate segment and added 18 points. He was en route to a silver medal f finish for the American, you know, for our fellow Americans. However, he recently received two positive tests for the COVID-19 afterwards and announced that he, you know, just have to, uh, he, he just uh, had to <coughs> withdraw. And uh, Joe called the turn of event pretty unreal. As General Stilwell, Stilwell just suspect he just uh, was questioning who did the test, you know, is things like that. Yeah. Is it truthful? Yeah. Is it well-deserved the test? Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention to you, both Nathan Chang and uh, Vincent Ch uh, Zhou, in an interview, in I believe it's at scene back in 2019, they echoed uh, another teammate's uh, comment on criticizing the Chinese Communist government's uh, human rights record. So, you know, at least uh, just from these uh, information, we can see they are probably very different from Ilingu yeah. and uh, Beverly Zhu. So in the eyes of the party, they are bad boys. And uh, whether that uh, COVID-19 test, if you read about his story, okay, the, the Victor Zhou, he took Vincent Zhou, Vincent Zhou he took a so much care not to get uh, affected, okay, double, triple, you know, precaution, and, she still, and he, he got it. And uh, New York Times also questioned it. So who did the test, how truthful it is, things like that. And uh, General Stilwell also said that. So how, how you can trust this, uh, the, the regime when, when Winter Olympics is held there? Yeah, because people who, you know, just so care about the Team USA or whichever country's uh, athletes, they, you know, some of people just feel it's not fair if, uh, like, United States just totally boycott the game. But are the, our athletes getting fair treatment in such, under such a regime? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think after this event, more people probably would question that. Yeah, and also um, on top of uh, politicizing the um, Ilan Gu's uh, gold medal, and uh, Xi Jinping also did his share. For example, Putin went to Beijing for just one day, and as you can see that he dozed off during, during the opening ceremony, but he brought away with uh, more than 10 um, economic, um, yeah, economic uh, deals. One example is in, in 80 years, okay, China will, will pay 80 billion US dollars for 10,000 tons of uh, oil, you know, Russian oil. So which will translate to $109 per, ba per barrel. As you understand, right, oil price is all-time high. How high? $89. This is 109. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's just a gift. And uh, you came to, Putin came to Beijing, Xi Jinping gave him, write him a, a fat check, a really fat check and uh, send him off. In the meantime, the ambassador, the ambassador to China from Argentina, and uh, in front of Xi Jinping even said, with no communist party, there's no new China. Xi Jinping was so happy. Okay, anyway, the most recent news is um, Argentina joined uh, China's uh, One Belt, One Road initiative, and the uh, CCP is gonna invest $25 billion into Argentina on that. So Xi Jinping took, it, it took the advantage of the uh, Winter Olympics, did his, um, um, his uh, how to say, his uh, diplomatic uh, negotiation or um, action, okay, in a short time, and uh, build his friendship. That's, that's how he see the, um, the use of the Winter Olympics. All right, so that's that. So, so the last piece of news has to do with the domestic uh, issues, right? Kathy? Right. So as you may already heard, you know, one after another, the blue states are moving to drop mask mandates. So the governors in New York, Illinois, and Rhode Island today joined uh, some other uh, dom uh, Democrat governors, uh, such as uh, New Jersey, Delaware, California, 
Oregon and other states. They all recently announced an end date for mask requirements and some other uh, restrictions. So New York governor just said today the state will drop its indoor mask mandate and the requirement that business uh, need to ask um, customers for proof of vaccination starting tomorrow, actually. Mm. He's, she's really decisive. Mm -hmm. And the Illinois government said today uh, that he hoped to lift the mask mandate for indoor uh, by end of this month. Mm -hmm. Rhode Island governor announced that also today that the statewide mask mandate and vaccine proof policy for business and venues would end on February 11th, just a couple of days later. And he plans to lift the statewide school indoor mask requirements on March 4th. Massachusetts said that also today it will lift its school mask mandate on February 28th. New Jersey governor announced earlier this week that uh, the New Jersey state will unwind the school mask mandate. Delaware governor announced Monday that uh, lift its mask mandate for indoor on February 11th. And for the K-12 schools and child care facilities, the mandate will end on March 31st. Connecticut announced that uh, it also end the end of uh, uh, this this month. California. California governor uh, announced that uh, the mandate will be a uh, drop-off for vaccinated people, okay? And uh, today, Governor Newsom said that he will soon announce a plan that will include updated guidance for requiring masking school. He actually was criticized again for not wearing a mask in a photo taken with the basketball legend Magic Johnson in the NFC championship game last Sunday in Los Angeles. So, yeah, again, he was, you know, in the trouble. And the other two people are the mayor of San Francisco and the mayor of Los Angeles. No mask when they, you know, on the picture. So, um, and the why is that, people are asking. So today, the CNN interviewed uh, the, its uh, media ex uh, medical expert. And uh, he, she, was, uh, she was saying, something that actually just, uh, um, <laughs> she, she, this person is Dr. Liana Wang. She's a former Planned Parenthood president. She just, uh, her comments incited a mockery on social media after she uh, claimed. So let's hear what she said. I do. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions, but when they were put in, it was always with the understanding that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. Also, the science has changed. So her comments about the science has changed really raised a lot of questions and ridicules on the social media. So what, how she explained the science changed? She said, oh, we know that the vaccine protects very well against the Omicron. And then people over five year old have wide access to vaccine. And the, she said that the one way masking, even if other people around you not wearing masks, but if you wear a high quality mask, it will also protect protect you. Basically, that's how she explained how science has changed. So uh, on Twitter, a lot of people just um, uh, just uh, responded to that. And uh, for example, the uh, psych psychology professor Geoffrey Miller said the pooling number has changed. The political landscape have changed. That's why you are promoting a different propaganda message now. That's all. If the science itself has changed, we, we would see new peer-reviewed studies that indicate the change. Author Glenn Greenwald said, as other noted, there's nothing in the science that changed to justify a uh, damn politician suddenly ending mask mandate. All that change is the polit political fear that they have conflating the science with the political politics like this is a key reason many lost trust in the public health experts and so on and so forth. So a lot of people just say this science did not change. It's a poll changed. The policy, you know, the democratic policy changed. So yeah, I 
you won't read more, but uh, you can find that on Twitter. So how do you think? Okay, yeah. So that'll be all for today, tonight. And, um, and uh, yeah, leave your comment with us, and we'll try to read a few. And, um, yeah. So a lot of things has been happening. Yeah, Dr. Watson just said it's absolutely about the coming election. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a lot of people are speculating, right? Mm. Because after all, uh, people's reaction matters. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, in a way, it's a good thing. So that's why people should voice out mm -hmm. and uh, media should report facts mm -hmm. so that uh, the representatives, you know, they, they, they need to see. They need to see how people react yeah. to their policies and yep. the rhetorics. Yeah, so as we report this, our, our show has been demonetized, um, as I see. Okay. <coughs> I don't know what we said to cause that, but... Um, yeah, what did we just say? We just, finally, we, saw, we talked about a mandate, but it's about how they are uh, cancel, uh, like dropping off the mask mandate. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. Okay, th th thank you for your support. Thank you for being here, and I uh, really appreciate it. If you can, um, in Chinese, it's called a tipping, right? <laughs> oh. Donate to us, support us. Yeah, in, really in any it. way, you can, you know, just click like if you have not yet, and share our video, or even donate. Here, I would really wanted to uh, thank a few people. They actually are of our audience, uh, friends. They have been continuously donating to our channel. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of money, but continuously, you know, since we started uh, about a year, over a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, every month we will see a summary of that. I really uh, have not had a chance to thank these people continuously, but um, wanted to take this opportunity. Really thank you for your continued support. Mm -hmm. You know, it, this really gave us, um, uh, you know, it, it, money it is no matter big or small, you know, it's not a matter. It's really, we can see uh, you appreciate what we do. That's a, a encouragement mm -hmm. to us. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care. Until Friday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.